0: podcasting straight from my front porch, where together we can share our inspirational journeys with the world, one story at a time. Welcome to Inspirational Journeys, everyone. My name is Anne Harrison Barnes, and in lieu of the interview that was supposed to happen today, I have a special solo episode for you. I'm going to give you seven tips for creating well-rounded characters, okay? So, let's start with the first tip. Number one, three traits characters have in common. Dimensions. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. If you don't... Oh, wait. Are your characters flat? Protagonists who do no wrong provide no conflict or tension with only a small set of similar attributes. They become boring and cartoonish. If your protagonists are too simple or too perfect, your readers can't connect with or relate to them. For example, if you have a protagonist that is very shy, doesn't have a lot of conflict and doesn't have a lot of character traits that are connected, like the actions, for example, like is there some sort of um, tick that they have or some sort of thing that they do that, that makes them stand out to other characters is there tension between that character and another character then if not then your car- characters are cardboard cutouts and they, and they turn out to be really boring and if you don't want a boring character if you don't want to be around somebody who's flat and boring and has no uh, traits that you can identify with then you're not gonna be around them so why create characters that way the second character trait is conflict, which I mentioned briefly, but I'll go into a little bit more detail here. A strong character must have some sort of internal conflict that drives the plot in some way. For example, is there something that happened to this character in the past? Is there some emotional conflict that that your protagonist is dealing with pertaining to another character? Or is it something that she has to overcome? For example, in my book, A Journey of Faith, A Stepping Stones Mystery, Becca Martin has to overcome and conquer her fear of climbing due to an incident she saw at the age of 12. Now, I'm not going to tell you what that incident okay. was. Okay. And yes, my iPad is chattering in the background. I do apologize for that. But I'm not going to tell you what that, that conflict was or what the emotional struggles she went through to to surpass that conflict but that's what i'm talking about with internal conflict that's a really good example okay conflict is the momentum that keeps a story going and grappling with issues related to the to the plot within the character keeps readers hooked okay and another conflict say you're reading a mystery story. Another conflict could be the sabotage surrounding, for example, Sweetwater Park, my park in A Journey of Faith, and my upcoming Journey to the Mountaintop. As I said, I'm not going to spoil this because there is some conflict aside from Becca's internal conflict. Or in Inner Vision, an electric eclectic book, there's family conflict with Kelly's dad when he discovers that even though she's lost her sight, she can still do a lot of the things that she used to do he doesn't want to believe that she can i'm not going to explain how that conflict is resolved but i do want to give you examples of my own work to help illustrate this character conflict empathy empathy is most powerful when attached to villains If you want a great complex villain that sticks in your reader's minds, you must make readers understand why your villains do the things they do. Creating a moment where the reader feels some empathy for the villain humanizes them, eliminating that cartoonish big bad feel. For example, if you have a villain that is out to in in at like a serial killer or you have a villain in another type of horror flick, you want to be able to connect with that villain. What is it that that makes him tick? What makes him so lovable? What makes him the character you love to hate? That's what what causes you to empathize with that character, for example. In Journey of Faith, the the character Asher Brooks, for example. I'm using my work as an example to kind of give you one, because I don't know of one right off the top of my head, other than the ones that I've written. I mean, you could count, you could talk about countless books like the Harry Potter series, um, a lot of the murder mysteries that people love to read, a lot of fantasy, sci-fi. But I use mine because I'm so close to these characters. Say, for instance, Asher Brooks. Sends Becca on a wild goose chase in part of, in part of a journey of faith. I'm not going to tell you where. I'm not going to tell you how. But that's one of the things. He has a reason behind it. That although he's not the main villain. He is still a villain in his own right. At the, at the time of that. That uh, scene in the book. So if you haven't read it. I would really suggest that you go out and get it on Amazon today. Want the link? Email me. I'll give you my email address at the end of this, at the end of the episode. Tip number two: Personality. You your characters must have personality. Character origins dictate some aspect of a character's personality, but many elements are ingrained at birth. This lesson is about. Okay, I know this was a this. Some of these tips actually come from a lesson that I took in. Uh, from the Ready Learning section of the com platform. So, uh, so that's why I, I started to read that little bit about the lesson, which I need to take out of the blog post that I'm putting. But yeah, I learned a lot when I took this lesson. So this is this is where these tips originate from. But I'm adding my own little touch. So just know that that if you're wondering that's how some of these came about. And plus, I wanted to give a shout-out for the Readzy Learning because the, cur- the courses are absolutely great. Personality dictates a character's relationship with readers as well as with other characters in the story. Your protagonist doesn't have to be a goody-two-shoes. They just need a trait or two that endears them to the audience. Likewise, villains need traits that make the audience hate them. Okay. Let's go back to the the what I wrote about the protagonist in my notes. Protagonists when I say they don't have to be a goody two shoes, they don't have to be Miss Perfect. They're gonna have flaws. They're gonna have internal conflicts. If you make them that way then they're gonna seem too perfect, too fairy ish and the reader won't connect with them. They must have these internal flaws like we do as humans. But all they have to have is some good traits that people can relate to. Like, for example, and in outlining a character, some people say, what kind of food do they love? What do they fear? But the biggest thing is, what do they want? And I'm going to cover um, one of that. And, and one, that's one of the things. What, did the char- what does that character want? Is it something she wants that determines her actions? Of course it is so okay these personality traits will also dictate how they react in any plot situation straight stay true to those traits or you'll leave readers puzzled understand what your characters want out of life or understanding what your characters want out of life can create con- Wait a minute, let me reread that again Understanding what your characters want out of life can create conflicts. For example, the character stepping on toes to reach a goal. Dictate and explain actions and determine how they interact with the other characters. When I say stepping on toes to get what they want in life for example, a villain in a mystery. Killing off some of the protagonists, some of the major characters, or even just one major character in order to get a certain, oh, let's say, for example, your killer killing off your, your protagonist's sister to go out to to be able to try to snitch the company or to rob a bank. Or, you know, somebody gets in the way of what a a character wants. I'm just using these out as, uh, throwing these out as examples. Or my villain killing off a character on the stepping stones in my book to try to get his way into the tunnels behind the stones. To try to, to try to get... I'm, I'm, I know I'm flagging at some of these examples, but you know what I'm talking about. Harry Potter, for example, is a really good example. Um, and, and another another good example. Think of novels that you've read. Think of what these character traits have in them. How do the how do these authors develop their own strong characters? Okay, so the tip number three, character contradictions, is what another attrib- aspect of character development that is important. It's important to select a complex, vari- varied array of traits people are complicated. If you want your characters to be realistic, avoid heroes who never cause harm, break no rules, and always have the right answers. Avoid villain. Wait, before I read that part about villains, because I wrote this in my notes, um, let's talk about this. Sometimes a character has to confront another character. Sometimes a character has to do something that is not normally done in order to, to survive, in order to get out of a bad situation. Sometimes she has to steal, for example, sometimes this character has to steal money from, from another company. And I'm, and I know these are bad examples, but sometimes they have to, hurt somebody else's feelings to, to be able to, to get out of a bad situation. Or they tell the truth and it hurts someone. That means that, you know, they're, they're, people are complicated, like I said. We all have our flaws. We all have have had have made mistakes. We all have lessons in life that we have to learn. Well, let your characters do the same. Allow your characters to grow and change as the story grows and changes. Give your characters those, those flaws. And sometimes... I'm going to get into another example, but I'm just going to say this here. Sometimes drawing off of life, uh, your own life, the lives of others around you, and what you observe can help you determine these character traits. Now about villains. Avoid villains who are always angry and aggressive. Always make the wrong decisions and always lose. Okay, really good point. A villain may always lose, always make a bad choice, and end up and wind up in serious trouble. Yet, what is his motive? What is her motive? Let's give an example. That doesn't mean your, your heroes and your villains can't have a few stereotypical traits. Not by any means. Those traits are common for a reason. Just don't make those their only traits or you'll end up with a caricature. Perhaps your villain is a sullen, merciless hitman who never speaks a kind word except to someone he dearly loves. Say, for instance, in... Oh, I don't want to spoil this. But I have to use this as an example in my new upcoming novel journey to the mountaintop one of my characters my villain is is doing his dirty deeds because because he's he wants to prove himself to his daughter that he really loves I'm not I'm trying to be vague here so that I don't give away too much before my book is released but and and other mysteries there are there are things that people do for those they love especially the villains. The villain can be really hateful and mean but then he gets around his child his spouse his brother or sister and even if those those people that he really loves has a disability he's going to be sweet and kind to them but then behind their back he's going to be deceitful. So that's what this is talking about. Drawing From people you know, from your own life, and characters you love to read, to create... uh, And characters you love to read about can create complex figures. As their personalities come through in their words and actions, your story will begin to resonate with readers. And sometimes these character traits, like I said in the beginning, move the story forward. For example, you have to have a protagonist that will fight a villain in some cases to move the story forward and allow her to, and allow him or her to grow and change. So tip number four, you must have character descriptions. And these are not like eye color, hair color, uh, height, weight, the clothes they wear. Yeah, you can describe those in passing, but you don't want to focus solely on those. Let's talk about what we do want to focus on. When you talk about character descriptions, we're discussing more than, of course, as I said, height, weight, and height, weight, race, hair color, eye color, and so on, and other physical aspects, like I just mentioned before, and I just reread that in the notes, which I do apologize if I repeated. But if you've got your journals down, be sure to go back and listen to this because these tips are going to help you out. And if you have questions, feel free to email me and I'm going to ask you some questions at the end. So please just, just bear with me here and we will get through this special episode together. It's going to be a bit long-winded, but I want this to be long-winded because I want to give you some tips. Here are some more specific descriptions that determine your character, your characters okay and tip number five going into more specific descriptions is be sure to add signature signature attributes you'll want something that stands out in a reader's mind and helps the characters discover who they really are okay for example what does this character what kind of actions do these characters do? Do they have a nervous tick? Do they have do they do they pace the floor when they get upset or get excited? Do they throw their hands up in the air when they're sprayed? I know of course you couldn't see that, but I did that. Um do they wring their hands when they're nervous? You know, certain tips and aspects. Do they get on the defensive when somebody calls them out on a mistake? That was something that a villain could possibly do, of course. But, I mean, and even, a, and even a protagonist can do the same thing, too. There are certain aspects of that. So, what are their signature traits? Behavior. What are their behaviors? A character describes description doesn't always have to show the character's appearance. A character can have certain tics, like I said before, in their signature traits. Gestures or mannerisms and habits that can give a reader an, an idea of how the character is feeling without you spelling it out for them. For example, if a character clenches his teeth when she shouts, or he paces when he's nervous. Of course, that's what I just mentioned. These actions are obvious giveaways about the character's emotions. But what are some other, what are some other giveaway, giveaways? Like when a character rolls her eyes, for example, and a, and a character shouts when she's nervous or tries to make excuses or tries to rationalize why he or she is doing something, that that can give you a sense of how of of what they're feeling. Show the emotions. That goes back to as a lot of people have explained, the show don't tell. Don't tell people what they're feeling, and this is one that's always hard for me, but don't tell people what the character is feeling. Show your, your character's emotions through scenes and dialogue. That's where, even though there's narration in the story, that's where dialogue is very, very, very important because you oftentimes have to have that in order for the character to be more realistic to, to your reader. All right? All right and tip number seven a character's symbolism this is a character description that can be fun to play with in your manuscript you can use indirect suggestions through imagery to give readers a hidden clue or message make your characters distinctive from one another don't give them a bland set of personality traits or they won't stand out in your readers' minds. Okay? So, is there a hidden message? Like, for example, is there, like, okay, that that thing about a hidden clue or message? For example, if a character is talking to another character on the phone, so your protagonist is talking to her sister, her brother, his mother, on the phone, do they say certain words? Or... Do the words that they say have a double meaning? What are the metaphors? Do you, do you try to delve deep into, into what's being said to find the hidden metaphors or hidden messages within? That's what this is really talking about. So my question to you, now that I've given you the seven tips and seven attributes to help you de- to develop well-rounded characters... What other aspects or attributes of a character's lifestyle, of the character, or what other character traits can you come up with that can help you make your characters more human-like to the reader? How can you make your characters much stronger? Yes, they support one another, but does a character lean on another character? Does your character allow another character to help her build her strength? Does she, he or she grow and change during the story? What are these aspects? What other character traits can you define in your own writing to help you connect, to help you engage your characters with your readers? I'd love to hear your answers and I'd love to hear feedback on this episode. And also, if you want book links to one of the books that I've mentioned, the other one hasn't been released yet, but A Journey of Faith, if you want that book link, Um, I have a universal link so you can buy it at your favorite online retailer. If you want that, please do me a favor and send me an email to anwrites75 at gmail.com. That's A-N-N-W-R-I-T-E-S 75 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and I thank you so much for listening. So, you guys, have a blessed day. By the way, I, there's one more thing I wanted to add before I let you guys go. So, on Sunday and yesterday, I found out that I have been finally distributed to other platforms, such as Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Breaker, and a bunch of others, Stitcher included. So you can find me on your favorite app. Um, when you do... I'm gonna ask that you do me a favor. First of all, be sure to subscribe, okay? Because that way you can keep up with new episodes that I add, new interviews, and new <clears throat> excuse me, new tip episodes, and things like that, that. That book reviews and things that I want to add because I want you to be able to keep up with it instead of you know having to ask me. Well, what was your episode today? Or you know, I always share the episodes out anyway. But still, this way you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes. So do me so do that favor and subscribe. And when you do, if you find me on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you find your podcast, please be sure to leave a rating and review because that helps listeners find me. And if you can leave it five stars, but I'm not gonna, you know, push that issue. Because some people may not like it and some people do. It's not for everybody. But for those that it is for, I really would appreciate it if you would rate and review. And do me a favor. Share this podcast with your friends. If you found value in what I've said today, be sure and spread the word. Because like I said, I'm touching one life. And you guys help me touch a thousand. One more thing. If you have any suggestions for episodes, like questions that you have and is something you want to hear about um that I can research or if you want to hear my story or you know you have um questions that you want to ask me or you have a response to any of the episodes feel free to email me at andwrite75 at gmail.com that's A-N-N W-R-I-T-E-S seven five at gmail dot com. I'd love to hear from you. So again this is just a really quick reminder that I'm available on other platforms besides Anchor Now, so be sure to subscribe, rate, re- leave a rating and review, and share. Thanks so much, and have a blessed day, y'all. Take care. Have you always wanted to have your own podcast? Well, let me tell you something. Anchor is the simplest way to build your podcast because I use it. It's 100% free and it's easy to use. And with creation tools, you can record, edit, publish, distribute, and monetize your podcast all in one place. So I challenge you today to get the Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started today. You won't be disappointed. How would you like to get your book promoted on my blog or share your inspirational journey on my podcast. There's so much competition out there in the digital world that it's hard to get heard above the noise. Well, I would like to help you stand out above the crowd. There are two ways I can help you promote your work. Every Saturday, I run a column on my blog called Featured Book of the Week where I will take the information about an author's book along with some photos and your links and post that information on my as a blog post. Now, another thing I can do, whether you're an author, a creative artist, or entrepreneur, I would be happy to have you as a guest on my show, Inspirational Journeys, so that you can share your journey with the world. Or again, when you've touched one life, you've touched a thousand, and I want to help you touch over a thousand lives. And so here's how you can connect with me you can either send an email to anwrites75 at gmail.com that's A-N-N-W-R-I-T-E-S 75 at gmail.com with either Featured Book of the Week or I'd like to promote my work on your show in the subject line depending on how you'd like me to help you or you can fill out my contact form at AnnRightsinspiration.com contact. That's Anrightsinspiration.com slash contact. And let me know how I can help you in the comments section and I will be happy to email you back with either my future book of the week questionnaire or my podcast interview fl- framework or both if you'd like for me to do both on my website and on my blog because I would love to promote your work. It's my way of giving back to the author and the creative community. So, whether you're an author, artist, or entrepreneur, I'd love to speak with you. Do you love to read but think you don't have time? Well, now you do because I have a solution for you. I am licensed under the Electric Eclectic Books brand where you can satisfy your desire. Electric Eclectic Books is a new series of short reads. We have novelettes and a couple of short story collections. To find out more, visit bit.ly slash visit That's bit.ly slash visit Or get the Electric Eclectic Books app on your iPhone or Android device. I have three books licensed under Electric Eclectic, and they are Maggie's Gravy Train Adventure, Inner Vision, and Stories Outside the Box. So I challenge you today to go out and check out the Electric Eclectic short reads at bit.ly/visiteebooks and find your next favorite author today. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. So I challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired. Write something inspiring and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched a thousand. Thanks for joining me on inspirational journeys. You guys have a blessed day.